so cold in here. <laughs> it is freezing in here. Like, I just put my nose against the mic, and it's like, it's just like it's, it was in a freezer. Well, you, you put your nose against the mic? <laughs> well, I like it. just stick your tongue against the metal pole. <laughs> <laughs> Other people have to speak into that mic. You do realize that, right? No, no. You're rubbing your nose all over? <laughs> And welcome to another episode of Even More Mashed Up, a podcast brought to you by Misericordia University, featuring two professors talking about all things pop culture. I am Patrick. And I'm Alan, and we're happy to have you back, and we're especially happy to have Rebecca Kivak back with us as well. Welcome, Rebecca. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, I I am one half of the Take Two movie review review blog. Um, my writing partner, Tamara Dunn, and I, um, we like to go to movies and and talk about them and, and review them. So you can check out our blog at Times Tribune Blogs um, backwards slash take two. And you can check out our blog once we create one. Yes. Well, do we need a blog? We've I got mean, a seriously, there's a radio show, not there's a podcast, not even a blog? The radio show's gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess this is the radio show. This is the radio show, <laughs> yeah. yes. I mean, it's a podcast, it's not, but... Oh, and Rich is here. I am. Yeah. <laughs> And we got Dan on mic, which is nice too. Yes, yeah, you know, like it works the whole out gang is here. The whole gang, gang, back together for the big ride to worst talk about Ant Man and the Wasp. Gang ever. <laughs> is this the worst gang? It's. We could take down Spanky's gang. No, I'm not sure we can. The little rascals. Mm, they're rascals. I could, think I, could, I, I could take down Spanky's gang by myself. You think? So? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, now I can just see Dan like I see just Dan kicking them and like little kids <laughs> flying all over remember the show you remember the show Celebrity Deathmatch yes am I the bear or my butterbean Claymation Dan versus the Claymation Little Rascals and Celebrity oh, man. I want to see Alfalfa take him on <laughs> well, Alfalfa would just stab him with the, the, the hair thing and Celebrity Deathmatch he would go right through oh, his totally eyeball would. and pull it out oh, totally would. Yeah. and then Dan would just swing Alfalfa around we need to find somebody who knows how to do Claymation yeah. So what are we talking do about we today? Anybody? What is the worst no, gang ever? Oh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay, it's Blood Syndicate. Blood Syndicate is the worst gang ever, remember? Oh, they're a terrible gang. They are a terrible gang. It's a comic How did that you we bring up the name, the name for the show and immediately change topics? How good we are. <laughs> this, is, this is the magic. This is, that's one word for it. It doesn't just happen. <laughs> no. It doesn't just happen? Okay, it just I'm happens. Sure it just happens is that's, kind of our motto. Well, you are mashed up after all. Thank you. So. See, we're on brand. Someone who listens. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're talking Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the, the Wasp. The latest installment in the Marvel Cinematic Juggernaut. It just keeps spitting them out. They do. Though not for a while now. When's the next one? Is it the Avengers? No, the next one's Captain Marvel, which comes out March... Oh, that's right, Captain Marvel. 8th mm-hmm. of 2019. We have nothing until March. The wait begins. 2019? Yeah. yeah. It's we get Captain Marvel, and then right two now. months later we get Avengers Infinity War Part 2, or whatever it's going to mm-hmm. be called. But yeah, we have nothing coming from Marvel. Wait, so how long a wait is that? July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February. Nine Literally months. Literally counting on his fingers. I am, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Nine months wow. isn't really that long between superhero films. It is a very long time. I know, it's how spoiled you are it is in a the long age time. of peak superhero. <laughs> you just need to enjoy it while you can. Probably there will, some there will come a time. DC movie between now and then. Well, that's oh. really true. Aquaman? <laughs> Ugh. Is there another Wonder yeah. Woman coming out? There is, but I think they just started filming or just uh, finished filming on... Yeah. I think they just, just started and, on Wonder By the way, Steve Trevor's back, so it's, yeah. it can't be good. That was the best part of Wonder Woman, right? Was that Steve Trevor died? Um, <laughs> I'm a little confused. 
Trevor. And there was a lot of really good stuff about Wonder Woman. But Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor's dad. He's always been an anchor on this feminist empowered character. You got to get rid of him. And now he's back. Yeah. But we don't know how he's back. I mean, he could, you know, she could be just seeing him places. He could be her conscience. We don't know if he's legitimately. Do we really want him to be Steve Trevor's conscience? You've got a problem. How is he in the film? I don't see how he's in the film. So, Ant Man and the Wasp. Steve Trevor's in that. I really want to see how long it was going to take. We should probably talk about Ant Man and the Wasp. I'm just saying, Steve Trevor is a terrible character. Yeah, no, we got that. All right. So let's jump right into the movie. Yes. So right past the numbers. I've got, oh, I've got numbers. Oh, shocking. Uh, so let's see, where do I want to start here? Let's see. So, where do you, that's not promising. I know there's, 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 there's more than so one many, number, for example. There's so many numbers. Um, well, so it's currently running at 86% with critics on Rotten Tomatoes. That sounds about right. 79% with audiences. It's a little low for audiences for So me. where do you think that puts it in the pantheon of Marvel cinema movies? You're big on pantheons, Dave. I am. It's pretty high up. In I terms of, of between, like, on there's tomato 20. meter? Yeah, yeah, in terms of where Is it? I would yeah. think that, that, that a 79. No, it's based on the 86. Oh, based, based on the 86. Number. Yeah. I'd say 15 or lower. I would say, I would say slightly higher than rich, but I would say middle of the pack. Um, I mean, it's it's. I, I'm taking a broad view. It's definitely in the the first half because the first Ant Man was. A, I just read this recently. It's how I know this. The first Ant Man has an 82 percent rating. Um, Age of Ultron has like a 70 some percent rating. Oh, it is better um, than Age of Ultron. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to. I, I don't. I I don't remember all of them offhand. I think right. Thor might be in the nine. Thor Ragnarok might be in the 90s. Actually, Thor Ragnarok's pretty pretty high. Yeah. Thor. Yeah. Yeah, Thor um, we did this a couple weeks ago. Thor was. Yeah. Black Ragnarok. Panther's yeah. number one with 97. Right. And yeah. Thor. Thor, Spider-Man, they're all up there. Yeah, yeah the first Avengers seven. is high up what? there, too. Seven. You're saying seven. Rich I'm, says 15. I'm going to um, say um, 10. I'm going to say eighth. Pains me to say this. Yes! Yes! Alan's right. Oh! <laughs> I hate you. I love that. It's tenth. I love it's that. pains me to say the two <laughs> yeah, of them. Yeah, I know. Well, no, <laughs> was, the point is, like, it pains him to say something nice about anybody. Yeah. yeah. So when he says it pains me to say, we should all assume it's what us. What I find interesting, do you, do you know what it bumped out of the tenth spot? Ant-Man. No, it bumped Infinity War. Really? Infinity really? War is at 83. So it actually huh. it, it actually bumped Infinity War out, which kind of surprised me because I, I was it's also ahead of Guardians 2, Ant-Man, Iron Man 3, First Avenger, and then the, the things you would expect yeah. for Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, Dark World. It's ahead of Age of Ultron, which The masses are kind of stupid. There's a couple they missed on that one, but it's so, not terrible. But yeah, so it was 10th. I was surprised it was that high. So kind of middle of the pack, you'd say. It is. It's literally, well, out of 20, 10 would be almost literally middle of the pack. I'm feeling good about myself today. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the next numbers quiz. <laughs> I'm on a roll. Uh, I don't know. Do let's I have do an Occam one. <laughs> yeah. not, let's not do another Gotham one. Uh, yeah, no, I don't really have another quiz well, for you. That's it? Oh, wait, wait, more numbers? This is, this is more along the lines of a fair or foul. In terms of in terms of so it had a 75, 76 million opening weekend, mm-hmm. so about eighteen million more than Ant Man did. Um, based on that, they're saying it probably should come in in terms of total box office. They're expecting about one hundred and eighty million, which would be right about Ant Man level. Okay, or it might get up to around two hundred, which would put it close to the Thor franchise. Either way, it's going to look like Ant Man is going to be the lowest performing of the various Marvel franchises. Hmm. Does that? Is that fair or foul? I think it's completely fair. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed it, both of them. Okay. But it is that property that's just kind of like, yeah, it was fun. Okay. Like, like. Well, see, to me, because basically it puts it behind Thor, Cap, 
Iron right. Man, Avengers, and Guardians. That's Those what I'm looking at. Ones. The only one that I think is debatable would be Thor. Thor. Yeah, the yeah. original Thor. And I know way. Rebecca was was saying you like Thor, but yeah. I think like if you look at those franchises, the Ragnarok was great, loved it. Mm-hmm. The first couple of Thors were good, World was horrible. not great films, and so it's it, it's like which Thor are you? I, I would say it's better than Thor one and two. Yeah. Probably not quite Thor oh, three. Yeah. Um, I take a different take. I'm in the minority in that I like Thor Ragnarok. I thought it was really good. I still like the first Thor better. Really? Oh. It is one of my, it's in my top like half of, of Marvel films. I just really like really? that movie. Yeah. I love the whole fish out of water thing. I like the Shakespearean drama. I like what, what director Kenneth Branagh did with it, honestly. Yeah. Um, um, Thor The Dark World is very mediocre. It's not one of the good Marvel movies, in my opinion. It's watchable. Um, there's yeah. there's some fun to be had with it, but I do th- that. It's just not one of my certainly not one of my top ones. I think it's one of the one on the lower end of Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. And Ragnarok is good. It's really funny, but I wasn't. A, I don't think it necessarily meshed the humor with the the serious stuff huh. as well mm-hmm. as it could have. No, that was sure kind of little jarring that for me. We talked about Thor Ragnarok. Oh wait, that was me. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. You never remember whoa, anything we whoa, talk about whoa. on the no, podcast. But I remember I talked about how, like, the moments like Odin's death did not have the punch it should have had because... And cracking a joke the, right like, after the destruction of, um, you know, Asgard. Yeah, mm. that kind of... Sometimes humor is the best medicine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> is, your home, is your homeland completely destroyed? Here's a knock-knock joke. Oh, make interesting. It um, make I'm not sure if that's going to work. say... Mentioning that it's a bad day over the corpse of Quicksilver would not fall into the category for you for some reason. He wasn't joking. <laughs> Hawkeye meant that he a had joke. a rough day for no, himself because he joke. was winded. It was a joke. That guy. It was a joke. Hawkeye's my favorite character ever. So oh, really? In the comics. The, the surprise. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> of all, yeah, like, all characters. The movie version doesn't quite So how does, how does Ant-Man then, Rebecca, fit with with the Thor. Um, if we're talking about mm-hmm. consistency, I think the two Ant-Man movies are more consistent than, oh, yeah. than yeah. the three Thor movies. Mm-hmm. So I, even as much as I love the first Thor movie and I did really enjoy Ragnarok, I would put probably both Ant-Mans. Um, let's see. I I think I still might have Thor ahead of the first Ant-Man because I ranked them at one point in time. I need to, I really need to update that. This was like <laughs> Doctor Strange when I last, when I lasted yeah. them. But um, I want to say that the Ant-Man franchise, I think I would rank it as being more consistent yeah. than yeah. than Thor. I might be tempted to rank it above. Fair. I did yeah. like Ant-Man and the Wasp more than Thor Ragnarok. So that's oh, my okay. personal oh. opinion there. Hmm. I hadn't really compared the two directly. But do you have more numbers first before we... Uh, do I have do more I have numbers? That's just such a ridiculous I got one number. Actually, no, that's all the numbers. 51.2. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> so um, let's talk about the film itself then. Okay. My favorite part of the film... <laughs> Because it made it, it did demonstrate that I was right about something. My favorite part about the film is that it turns out that not all of the heroes on house arrest have oh. decided just to sit out being heroes while they're on house arrest. You don't know what Hawkeye is doing. Yeah, is there, is there yeah, a film yeah. to show us? Not so clearly yet. Nothing. Yes, he's clearly yeah. doing something really important. And I'm looking at you, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Like, Ant Man doesn't violate house arrest just for Thanos he does it for you know a smaller caper too but let's a smar smaller but let's also forget caper. he was kidnapped like he didn't voluntarily he stays no he <laughs> he stays Wait, are you talking about he's kidnapped in Ant-Man and the Wasp yeah oh cause he's also kidnapped in Civil War 
He's good yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Fly Hawkeye. Yeah, there's yeah. a theme here. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't really... Like, this is your big brag for Hawkeye. Oh, yeah, he kidnapped Ant-Man. No, actually, like, like take the least impressive hero in the entire Marvel universe besides wow. Hawkeye. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hawkeye captured him. That wasn't a brag. That was serving this up to you on a platter. <laughs> Which he took yeah, and enjoyed. Which is kind of he took like a dinosaur eating a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> Ant Man has a family too, but you can't keep him on the sidelines. We don't know what Hawkeye's doing. <laughs> Hawkeye's going to be doing. Hawkeye I am sure is doing like remo- house remodeling. He's pitching <laughs> <laughs> a bathroom. He, you know what? He's busy he's putting creating, in granite countertops. He's <laughs> a nice backsplash. You know what? A Hawkeye remodeling show would be awesome. <laughs> effort, oh you know, like, uh, fixer upper, Hawkeye flipper flop. Oh flipper, my god! Yeah, what would, uh, yeah, I gotta think of what. Yeah, there'd have to be like you'd have to have like an arrow theme. I was trying to think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Bullseye. Target market. Oh, Target boom. market. Yeah. Go. Done. Oh my god. Yep. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Could totally do it. You're good with the Hawkeye. He's stuff. clearly creating an Infinity Arrow. He's oh. killing what? Wait. If, an if, infinity arrow. If that's how the fr- that if that's how the next m- film ends is with Hawkeye just hitting Thanos with an arrow, <gasps> I'm done with the Marvel what universe. Is arrow. <laughs> like, does it have the gems? It's got what it is. It's got an inflatable boxing glove with the gems on it, so that it pops up and then the gems and punches <laughs> him in the face. You didn't realize he was joking, did you? <laughs> no, I knew. Oh, okay. Well, when like, it comes to Hawkeye, the... it's it's hard to it's say. It's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, I was it, disappointed again in Hawkeye. Yeah, well, the, clearly that's the let's point Quicksilver, of the Man and the Wasp Let's movie. Quicksilver die. He didn't let Quicksilver Goes, die. He's not He's not sprinting when he gets off that life raft. He is jogging at best. No, he's, he's It is a very half ass. It was on TV again. I watched it. He was actually running a good sprint. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go back and watch that, that scene. I'd, I'd, no, you have to watch the whole movie to understand <laughs> the context. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, <laughs> that I will not do. I will not do. Hey, but we were talking about Ant-Man. We were, and the Wasp. And Ant-Man. the Wasp. We yep. keep trying. Uh, all right. So where yes. do you want to get started? I thought we had, well. It's I'm just great, trying to warm up. It's a great sound up. effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Just trying to create some um, warm <laughs> Well, one of the things, obviously, we talked when we talked about the original Ant-Man was yes. the idea that it was sort of the caper heist. Definitely. Superhero caper heist film. Yes, indeed. And so Peyton Reed, the director, and you talked about doing that very, very intentionally and, and that. Ant-Man and the Wasp was also going to be very intentionally working in any particular genre. Yeah. So my question to you, or to to the the the, the gathered assemblage here, uh, is assemblage. what genre is Ant-Man and the Wasp? I think Will it's a comedy. That's what some people thought it was going to be, and and Peyton Reed has I said just, very just clearly he just says things that he's but, not considered a romantic. But comedy. but a romantic comedy would have been a great. It could have been a way to go. Idea. Yeah. Um. What is it? I think it's a family film. It's not a caper film. No, no. no. There's Um, elements of the caper. You have the MacGuffin that multiple people are going after. Right. Right. But I honestly, and I've thought about this, I think it's a family film. You've got um, the dynamic between Scott Lang and his daughter. World's greatest grandma. Right, right. (laughs) World's greatest grandma was a great fit. Um, (laughs) It's a great fit, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you have the dynamic between him, his ex-wife, her husband, and, you know, Mm -hmm. Cassie. You have the whole dynamic between um, Hope and Hank and Scott as their own kind of weird little family, which I actually really... Doug, because you had the father dynamic between Hank and mm-hmm. Scott in the first movie, and you're that strange. Kind of have a sibling rivalry between Hope and 
Right. Yeah, though it gets weird when they start kissing. Just so, do the well, sibling rivalry thing. Yeah, well, thank I, you for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't really. It's the family it. film that ends in. Yeah, incest. Like, I don't, yeah. it was, you know, I don't think it was sibling rivalry. Was what anyone was thinking. It was. Uh, no, no, no. For the whole family. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I definitely, I didn't see a sibling, a sibling rival thing, rivalry thing between them there. Just but, the romance is all you can see between that brother and yeah, sister. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my. Um, okay, so I'm sure going to try to steer this. Away. Um, Could you please? But no, yeah, you. But you, and then of course you had you had Janet. You know, there's there's the search for Janet, which was an ongoing theme of the yeah. movie. The search for Janet, and you know, Hank and um, Hope coming together. So, um, no matter how, oh, and not to mention, you have Ghost mm-hmm. and her surrogate father, right. yeah, um, Lawrence Fishburne's yeah. character. Yeah. So, I mean, you really, no matter how you look at it, there's um, so many family dynamics. I thought it was super interesting mm-hmm. how they all came yeah. together. That's an interesting way to think about it. Like, it's, it's yeah. a family, a film about family. Yeah. I it, yeah, I never thought of that way. What's it supposed to be? Oh well, Reed talked about. He basically talked about wanting to do it because um, well, the way he described it made sense to me after having seen the film is yeah. that he really wanted to pattern it after um, the crime novels of Elmore Leonard, in the wow, sense okay. of mm. there's not really and uh, Stephen uh, Stephen Broussard, yeah, who's the producer, talked about it as a a one bad night film where basically there's there's no like villain, it's just. Everyone in the film has a goal that they're working towards, and they just kind of end up colliding into each other and getting mm-hmm. in each other's way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Compared yeah, to things like Get Shorty or yeah. Rum Punch, yeah. which after I saw because I was kind of trying to figure out what genre it was like watching. I'm like, I don't really see it as clearly as I did with Ant-Man. Yeah. And then reading the, the interview where Peyton Reed was talking about that, I was like, okay, that makes much more sense. That's an interesting I think it lacks it. some of the blacker humor of Leonard, which maybe doesn't quite get it to that that that's one of the reasons why I don't until I yeah. until I read the interview that I didn't really see it in the movie itself that that Leonard you know the people bumping into each other if you think of Get Shorty there's a very sort of quasi absurdist or sort of of black humor to it that, mm-hmm. that this movie doesn't have mm-hmm. yeah but it kind of made sense mm-hmm. for me in a way I was like, okay I can see why they still kind of thought of this as working within the crime genre of the first Ant-Man, yeah, just not in like the not film noir or something like that, but in yeah. kind of that Elmore Leonard style of you just got kind of a random group of people that are all working towards certain goals that those goals kind of run into each other. They come into conflict. But could, but yeah. if it had the same black humor, wouldn't that have been over the top? Like it's a comic. Like it's a comic. That's a question. I, I would be you interested can't really to do that with Ant-Man. If you, can that's you? a question. Because I don't know if they could have done the black humor, right. but. It's the one thing I was like, okay, I can see that, but that's also why I didn't quite pick Wait, up on it. Yeah, because, watching it because it didn't quite have that. And, and even again, like the 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 Hot Wheel case full of itty bitty cars, yeah. like the yeah. humor that's built in because it's Ant Man and right. Wasp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else, I think, would have been way yeah. too much. And, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. It'd be interesting to see what a black humor MCU film, yeah, like, like, like would be like the MCU take on Doctor Strange Love. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see. That would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. But no, you're already dealing with the concept of like a superhero who can shrink and get big. There's right. there's an inherent absurdity that's in true, there, and right. I don't think the black humor would have really yeah. worked yeah. with that's that. That's true. Right. And they play. I mean, like the scene, kind of, the scene where he's like skating on the, right. the flatbed truck, like that. There were moments that kind of I think mm-hmm. yeah. gesture towards that in a way. Well, the scene when he he gets stuck at sort of child size. Oh my god! Oh yeah, <laughs> it was like <laughs> that was running hilarious. around the school. Oh, like it's really really funny, but I don't so know how. You, like it, that's hard to do. Like. Yeah. yeah, right. That's yeah. Like, yeah. So that was, but yeah. So because that was, Ant- so Ant Man's kind of this inherently, he has kind of inherently sort of these childish kinds of powers right. in yeah. a way. But it's one of the, the other thing that it got me thinking about was the way in which that this film 
sort of lacks a villain in the same way yeah. that, you know, Ant-Man obviously had a yellow jacket. It kind of made me think about, is that a way that this film kind of gets around what's been sort of the Marvel problem, which is that since Loki and up until Thanos, there has, like, all the villains have seemed kind of lackluster. Yeah. Killmonger. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, and well, Killmonger, yeah. yeah. There's been... But there's, there's, <laughs> yeah, really, Killmonger didn't jump off the screen. <laughs> you know, to me, there's... Marvel, I think, has recognized that they have a villain problem, and there's right. been a steady work work body of work that are trying to fix that to me i first saw it with vulture and spider-man homecoming yeah mm. um mm. first villain who didn't like apart from loki first villain who didn't die i know they all, well that's the other thing they keep relatable them villain yeah so i think you had something there with with vulture and then yeah. honestly if you look at all the the movies that came out this year black panther you have killmonger right. fantastic mm. villain honestly it's even hard to consider him a villain because I understood where he was coming from. Right, I just right, think his right. methods were very extreme. Which is what makes a good villain. Right. Also, sure, right? right? That's why you did very human. Yeah. When the villain sees themselves yeah. as the hero, yeah. Yeah. that's, you know, that's right. that's a great thing. That makes them a good villain. Um, and then in Infinity War, you had many layers to Thanos. Right. Like yeah. the yeah. fact, I mean, he had love for Gamora, um, which I completely bought, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's because his he's another one where you see where he's coming from. I think his method was a bit extreme, but I see what he was trying to well, accomplish. Again, as, I, as I showed within the podcast, all he had to do is double the resources instead of having the universe. Yeah, there there's are, actual scientific proof that doesn't work. Other choices. But yeah, I just I thought it was interesting a way in terms of Ant Man and Wasp, like you said, that Marvel's aware of yeah. the problem and kind of an interest rather well, than sort of doing what they've done recently doing something different yeah. which is not really even trying to have kind of yeah that to me, it, it's it, an evolution of, yeah. of villains where you yeah. can you understand where what he has been through and where she's coming from and what her motivation right. is to go after the MacGuffin right. right and to me it kind of harkens to Jessica Jones too that was gonna be a which is one of the too. first Marvel um, efforts that really were like we don't have to have right. I thought the, the same big thing. bad guy like you don't have to have that that right. in fact the stories to me are often inherently more interesting when it's not Thanos yeah. or Hela or some kind of like creature. oh Hela was a great villain too no she was a great villain but like so powerful right. like oh, in, in right. this all powerful kind of way that like, there's no powerful. there's no end yeah. but apocalypse really well, but when you're surrounded by creatures yeah. of this characters of this kind of power but I think it also helps it it gets back to its own comic book roots though like in in a run of comic books like yes there's a Thanos but the five books leading up to that battle are just normal everyday things that are happening in the superhero's life. Like, this movie was great in that, yes, Thanos is out there somewhere and we're yeah. going to get there, yeah. but not having a real villain, you just got to really focus on character development. Yeah. Because they're not focused on must-kill Thanos. It was, right. let's figure out our own lives and right. all these little things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kind of grounded in this family dynamic, which makes yeah. for really kind of a more interesting yeah. film. Yeah. That's made me think another place where they get kind of the black humor is the second post-credit scene. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. playing the drum kit, which you realize from the TV screen is going on while, like, disaster's outside. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. wow, that was kind of dark. Yeah. No, no, the thing I the thing I like about the Ant Man franchise mm -hmm. with both movies is that um, in both of them they're, they're smaller scale adventures with more personal stakes. Right. Both I don't necessarily think it's a coincidence that both of them both movies came out after, after and Avengers, the, yeah. where you have like a huge sweeping adventure, and then you you know you and then 
since Ant-Man's small, he gets small. He <laughs> yeah. gets smaller. And it's it's refreshing where, like, they're not necessarily trying to save the world in Ant-Man. Like, right. Scott's trying to save his family, his daughter in the first one. Um, you know, they're trying to save that tech. And in, in this one, mm-hmm. the stakes are, are incredibly personal, too. They're trying to save Janet. Right. You know, um, I just, yeah, I that's something things, I really like. Yeah, about I've seen a lot movies. of things basically referring to Ant-Man as kind of the palate cleanser, mm-hmm. particularly this right. one. Oh. But in see, that to me, after kind of the big Infinity War and all that, like, we needed just kind of this very light, you know, mm-hmm. sort of, of low stakes, just kind of fun. But, but see, like, I think low stakes is, is, in a way, the wrong way to think about it. Because when Rebecca's talking about family... Like, there's no higher stakes. I agree. In, in reality, right, than your family, right? Like, there's nothing more important to well, the, the given. I mean, low stakes in comparison to the stakes. But, of but, 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 but if you hear what yeah. I'm saying, right, like, it's it's not really low stakes. It's just personal stakes. Like, these personal yeah. stakes. And I think Smaller it makes, stakes. I think it makes Paul Rudd one of the more appealing of the leading men in the Marvel Universe because he gets to do that. Like, even if yeah. it's just as a palate cleanser, yeah. he's playing a guy that feels kind of more human in a way than a lot of the leading men do. Um, he doesn't have the arrogance of all of the, you know, most of the leading men in the Marvel Universe. Like, he just feels like a more a more human kind of guy, and I, I find him more appealing. Well, those, those I've got more questions human, about that later, though. Those more human characters in... The oh, Marvel God. Universe oh, are clearly the, the best of the characters. I, I 100% agree that the human. Anyway, uh, well, and which. This no, is, I'm not talking about people with no powers. <laughs> if that's your translation of human. He's talking about Hawkeye. He's talking, he's talking yeah. about Hawkeye. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 my goodness. He's literally yeah. just referencing Always Hawkeye. assume he's talking about yeah. Hawkeye. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll, yeah. Which no is unfortunate because what. what I was going to say is I think that what separates, unfortunately, Hawkeye and Ant Man, but more so Ant Man, is that. He is a family man. Like, if you think about the rest of whoa, 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 Hawkeye's a family man. He's got the yeah. wife and two kids. Yeah, but, right. not but they're not way story. That really they're matters. not part of well, his that's story. True. That's true. right. Like that's what is kids' names. Don't don't really. It's him. You <laughs> 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 probably give you eight generations of the Hawkeye family. Um, but no, like yeah. th- this is the only one who. It's his family is a extremely important. That's who he's trying to save almost mm-hmm. in every film. But that we get their character development, right? right. Because they're yes. intrinsic to the story. Whereas right. Hawkeye is kind of extraneous anyway, and then no, his family not. is like doubly extraneous. Right, yeah. is how I would think about Hawkeye. Until he puts on that purple dress, I don't think it's Hawkeye. <laughs> okay, it's a tunic. Mm-hmm. It's a tunic. In the comics, it's a totally different outfit than that. So, but. To, to come back to Paul Rudd, I mm-hmm. like yeah. he's just perfect. He has this everyman vibe to yeah. him. Oh, yeah. And like you said, it's so relatable. Yeah. Absolutely. And the, like the father-daughter stuff. Mm-hmm. And I do not I like kid that. actors. You might not have heard this. <laughs> what? I, yeah, if I were if I were a dictator, I would outlaw all kid actors except for my daughter. I was just going to say. And there's one. She'd be getting a lot of work then. You're really, you know. <laughs> that's all, that's, that's all this is. My he's just trying to keep her employed. Instead of hiring young people just because they're adorable, hire adults and just put a little placard around their chest that says, I'm playing a child. Like, so Tom Cruise plays the kid. Oh or my, oh my just God. use the kind of oh. effects in Ant-Man to shrink people, to shrink the adults down oh. to kid size. Oh, there you go. Yeah, just create a Or, or hire Tom Cruise. You don't need to shrink him. Take <laughs> 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 the risers out of the shoes. Bada bing, bada boom. Wow. There's a guess we can't get anymore. There's a lot of guests we're not getting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but I, thought, I thought like the father, father-daughter stuff worked really, Scott really nicely. Between Scott and Cassie. Yeah, like I thought it was, it was very warm and it felt really authentic. I, yeah, but I, are you saying that the, it didn't work between Hank and... Uh, no, no, no. Oh, I, just, okay. I, just, yeah, I, just, okay, I no. thought it worked with them, too. You could oh, no, there was totally an evolution. Well, again, I would say... I mean, not again, the same kind of relationship. Not the same kind no, of relationship. Not the same but, yeah, kind. I mean, right. well, I mean, next to Paul Rudd, I would say Evangeline Lilly's Wasp yeah. was also, like, 
a high point of the film. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Um, oh, can I say that her, number one, that her name is Hope? <laughs> My daughter's name is Hope. Oh, oh so, I see where you're yeah. going. So with it's this? Like, okay. like, like, there's a Hope on the big screen, and she's totally badass. Yeah. She is. Well, and, yeah. and, and the other thing that I liked, and, and part of it is that they kind of laid that groundwork in the first mm-hmm. film with the idea that she's much better at this than Scott. Yeah. That they didn't really have to make that argument in this film so much no. as they just showed her being awesome. Right. The from fight, the get-go. And, yeah. and I, you know, for me, I don't... There's the scene in the trailer that I don't think is in the film where Wasp is driving the van and there's just this shot of her where she's just got this gleeful smile on her face. And it just seems clear to me and, and from interviews as well that Lily, like so many of the best actors in the Marvel Universe, is just having so much fun oh, yeah. playing that role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, like Robert Downey, like she's right. just like she just loves p- portraying the wasp. But when she says to Scott Lang, "Well, had I gone with you, you wouldn't have gotten caught." Oh yeah, it's just totally true. It right. is. Like, it's, oh yeah, it's totally true. <laughs> oh yeah. It, but it's not a preachy film, you know, about no. like the screw up guy and the and the woman who's no. got it all together. No. It. She just has it all together. Like the fight scene in the car. The yeah. fight scene in the car. The fight scene in, the, in the restaurant. Oh, in, the, in, the like, in the kitchen. Are yeah. are yeah. really amazing. Yeah. The kitchen was great. Spectacular. Yeah, this is this is um, a good time to point out that this is the first MCU movie where a female superhero is in the title in the of title, the movie. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, good lord! That's Which a lot of people. Have been, I know. Yeah, I've seen that in a couple of places. No. They're like, she's at least in the masthead of the film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if honestly, if you had asked me like ten years ago, like who or who's going to get their first, who, which female superhero would get their first movie, I would have told you Black Widow. I right. just thought that yeah. was yeah. A, a sure thing, but not yet. We are supposed to get one. I really hope we do. But um, to see Evangeline Lilly in this role, and I mean, she she is definitely like a co-lead. She she and oh, Paul yeah. Rudd. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like it, the title is true. Mm-hmm. She is a co-lead in this movie, mm-hmm. and she gets an action sequence in this movie before he does, right. yep. yeah. which I was really impressed by. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, such a good yeah. sequence. Oh, it's, it's, My it, goodness, she's like she is so powerful and joyful yeah. in the role that it's yeah. just like yeah. it's contagious. You can't right. see her on the screen and not get kind of sucked into the right. film. Yeah. Well, right. what I love is, I mean, as a longtime Avengers fan, like to oh, see... Oh, really? You like the Avengers? I do like the Avengers. And, and Wasp, historically, was not well-served in the Avengers comic. Right. Like, she was she was a founding member, but she was always kind of, like, not equal. Right. Based with Iron Man and Thor. And Cap? Hulk, no, Cap was not a founding Avenger. He didn't oh. show up to Oh, I thought you were talking about early Avengers. I, I said founding. Sorry. Cap, I guess I, guess I wasn't I mean, they did at some point in the bylaws to define him as a founder, but that's a whole separate thing. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, so he is a founder. He, wait, he so has, then technically no, no, no. I am correct. He has the they status. They changed the bylaws. He has a and he has, status of a founder. Thus a founder. He is not if a founder. Sta- yep, he's a founder. So, so you but she was, al- she was always me, like the ditzy socialite flirting with Thor, and it really wasn't until the 80s with Roger Stern when he made her the chairperson of Avengers for a good five-year run, that you kind of had Wasp finally getting her due. And, yeah. and that's the version of Wasp that the movie seems to be based yeah. on, is yeah. the version from 1980 on that oh, is for sure. sort of the, 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 the competent version of Wasp. Yeah, yeah, like when you said there wasn't necessarily an equality there before, there's definitely an equality here. Like, this is a right. partnership. This yeah. is a yeah. legit partnership. Oh, well, um, I, mean, I would even go so far as to say, whereas in the comics, Ant-Man, for some reason, was always the more dominant of the two, right. I would I would say that, that she's the more equal yeah, partner. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and I think this. It, and I think it's great that because the 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 elements that were laid in the original Ant Man, there wasn't the need for the ex, the exposition, but right, like, the, the preaching, the right? Yeah. Because like yeah. she clearly has been training with her father the entire time. Like, oh, yeah. she's better at hand to hand combat. She has. She a, had she, to train him. She trained. She trained. Well, yeah. I would say you know she's trained with her father, and in a lot of ways, based on the first movie, she's trained in spite of her father. Right, and right. so it's that idea that when this movie starts, of course she's better. Oh yeah. Of course, right. had she gone uh, gone with him, he wouldn't have gotten caught because yeah. she's the better superhero right. he just stumbled but into without it. all the preachiness right like, without having to say because if you once you preach it in the right. film as far as I'm concerned you may as well not even try to make the point yeah because it gets it gets lost in right. the preaching it needs yeah. to be shown not said yeah. Right. It, yeah. that's here yeah, well, I think, yeah, yeah. all of the is... setup led to the fact that she is the better superhero yeah clearly. And, and just yeah. Uh, Scott has I mean Scott is reckless he showed that in the first movie um, mm-hmm. you know he when he went off to be you know to help Captain America um, you know he I mean he's he he's a guy he can he can he's a smart guy he can plan things but he doesn't always plan the outs he doesn't right I think right. I don't think he fully forms plans she does she did that in the first movie mm-hmm. she was always mm-hmm. on top well, he, of things he, yeah he plans sort of in the middle of things. yes yeah he I mean, not plan he's planned heists I mean he's yeah. done that right. but he I don't think he necessarily plans outs yeah right. like he said, he's, he's, not, he's, not, he's not strategic in the same way, right. like, he, he's he more improvisational, yeah. Yeah. Yes, right? That's like a really that good call. he yeah. would improvise, or she would think ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, like you even see that in Civil War, like when they're fighting and, and someone says, "Oh, we need a distraction." Yeah. He's like, "I've got something. I might tear myself in two, and I've done it once in the but lab I'm and gonna passed do out. It. But I'm going to do it." And so yeah. there is kind of that that very sort of improvisational sort of in the moment kind of thing that he can do, but he's not got the strategic mind that clearly yeah. Hulk has, right? Right. And they complement each other that way. So yeah, mm-hmm. it, which, yeah, and again, it's it's yeah. I just I, you know, the first movie, are, there was a lot of people being very upset that that she was just hope and not the wasp. And then you yeah. had the post credit scene that showed the wasp costume, and, and it was nice to see in this film kind of that potential fulfilled mm-hmm. in terms of we yeah. finally got because wasp was also in yeah. in one of Whedon's draft of the first Avengers movie. She was in it. Yeah, mm. and then he he revealed after the film came out, obviously that that he cut that role. Yeah, and so people have kind of been waiting for her to get her due. Yeah, it, I, this, oh, go ahead, apparently please. they wanted um, the Wasp to be they wanted to debut the Wasp in Civil War, and um, Peyton Reed, um, you oh. know who 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 has directed both of the Ant Man oh, right. films, was like, "Nah, you're getting the debut <laughs> of <laughs> yeah." No, apparently he was pretty upset, and he said, oh, I can "Look, you're yeah. getting the debut of Giant Man." In Civil War, like yeah. I'm not getting that for my film. You're you're getting it for that film. And he's like, I can't let you have Wasp too. Yeah. So yeah, apparently there's been a big demand for her to appear. You know, awesome. in oh yeah. Movie. Well, I eventually mean, yeah. she's so good, and the character's she's, so interesting. Again, another mm-hmm. another yeah. casting that Marvel has nailed. Yeah, one hundred percent. It really makes me want the A Force movie, the all female mm-hmm. Avengers movie. Oh yeah. Well, they've which got, you're not that far removed from. No, they basically need Shield, and I point. think they're there. Because it's, yeah. it's Captain Marvel, it's Black Widow, it's Wasp, Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch and, and She-Hulk is, is... But how great would that film look? It would uh, be spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, you do that right, and it is a brilliant film. I know the, the female film. MCU actresses have all said that they want to do an all-female film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can so, add Val- Val- you Val- Val- Valkyrie, yeah, yeah. Um, Shuri. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, Valkyrie, Shuri as well. yeah. Yeah, like so. There's you've got all of a sudden for a franchise that was very male for a long time, yeah. you've got yeah. like a, a roster of characters that would make a fantastic film. That actually leads into one of my fair fouls. Oh, oh, oh really? boy! Well, we don't usually do fair foul this early. I know, but, we'll, but it, we'll, it, it, it said so. This is from Variety. Be nimble. So, Rich, are quote, you okay? You look like you're falling asleep. No, it, I'm just cold. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> 
This is from Variety. In the case of female heroes, Marvel is arriving late to the party. It was DC that first proved that audiences of both genders will show up to watch a female hero save the world. Last year's Wonder Woman was a global smash that has already inspired a sequel and seen Gal Gadot emerge as one of the biggest stars in the DC firmament. She's out signing Batman and Superman these days. There's truth to that, like a fairness in the power of Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I always thought Black Widow was a fairly empowered character. It's, it's not as if Marvel didn't have the characters. They didn't make the film I only think, about But I also don't forget her introduction was as an assistant to Tony Stark. Like, yeah. like, yeah, but not really, right? Well, she's, and, she's and actually... She's, 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 she's pretending. She's, yeah. she's doing something right. different. Right, she's doing something different. She's pretending to sort of be that. But I think that... I think while... Yeah, I think it's fair that Gadot and, and Wonder Woman b- kicked the door down. They said, right. no, we're going to do it. We're going right. to do it. And if we fall on our face, we fall on our face. Yeah. But when you look at the roster of the potential that Marvel actually has, like if the next Wonder Woman fails, DC's got nothing. Yeah. But you could do an A-Force, or you could do uh, the next Black Panther, where it's Shuri and two or three of the Dora Milaje mm-hmm. are, take the forefront yeah. of a Black Panther film, and no yeah. one would complain. Like, right. each of these Oh, entities, I can think of some people that would complain, but well, we... Well, that's... Well, kind of the conversation people. we yeah. had You're on exactly. Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but on Ocean's 8 as well, right? Yeah. 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 To me, it would be, I, would, I'm, I would also be kind of interested as an observer... Yeah on an all-female Avengers film oh, to think amazing. about the way in which nerd culture responded mm-hmm. to that. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, that's established in canon. The nerds will be fine with it. No, no. They'd be fine with A-Force if an Avengers film came out where the male Oh, character, sorry. I got you. Yeah, like if it was an Avengers film that or any of the films that was not specifically A-Force, they would go crazy. If they gender-swapped mm-hmm. Thor on the big screen. I, there's a there's a theory that um maybe Shuri will take over for um oh. Iron Man yeah. at some point and become Iron Heart. I know different yeah. character in the comics, but Still. I mean though the, the I'd be um, fine with that. The actress yeah. that plays her says she doesn't want them to do that. Oh really? She okay. doesn't mm-hmm. want to be a knockoff Iron Man. She wants Shuri to be sure. her own thing. That's yeah. completely fair. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Because yeah. yeah, I saw I saw that and then I saw the interview with her where mm-hmm. she was like, Yeah, no, I don't you know, I don't want Shuri to be Iron Heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not doesn't want her to be the not doesn't want her to be knockoff anyone wants her okay, to be yeah. Sure. Person, yeah. interesting absolutely well speaking yeah. of sort of women in film and especially this film what did you think of Ghost I liked her um, yeah. you know I wasn't sure what to really think about her at first because you know you see this person phasing in you're like what's going on here and then as soon as she got out of the costume it was still phase- phasing mm-hmm. and you can see it hurt her I felt sympathy for her and then mm-hmm. it, they just developed the character from there um, I mean. You, you can argue with her motivations a little bit. Um, I've seen a couple thought, there's a couple thoughts out there like, well, why wouldn't she just ask them for help? But think of her upbringing. She was basically trained to become a, a weapon then and was used by right. S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. So she probably wasn't even seen as a human by well, some of the, the other thing too is That was such so an interesting twist to her the character, though. The other thing, too, though, is that I argue, literally yeah. weaponized her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, the yeah. other thing, too, is that, I, you know, she was used by S.H.I.E.L.D. when S.H.I.E.L.D. was infiltrated by HYDRA. Mm-hmm. So, like... There, there's all kinds of stuff going on with kind of how she's been exploited and traumatized. Absolutely. And, and you know, we I have thought, a, a fair mistrust of. I thought she was a fascinating character Me in too. that kind of way. It was really interesting because I thought. If we, that happened in an accident, it's exactly what the government would do mm-hmm. to oh. that person. Right? Oh, yeah. Because she, oh, is, yeah. Oh. she is the ultimate sure. killing machine, yeah. the ultimate soldier. It was a real. Because when they first announced Ghost, like we talked about this when we talked about the Ant Man Wasp trailer, is that Ghost. 
the version of Ghost in the comics actually would have made a nice compliment to Ant-Man because he's a very anti-technology mm-hmm. crusader. He's trying to take down, in particular, Stark Industries and, and the big corporations and things, which is what got Scott Lang into trouble mm-hmm. in the movie originally. And so that, I thought, would, would be real. And they went a completely different direction with Ghost. Yeah. Um, but again, in a way, you know, she's still the flip side to Ant-Man in some ways because they've both been exposed to the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. He gets out of it unscathed. You know, he's, he's slightly entangled with the original Wasp. Other than that, he gets out of it unscathed. She's completely destroyed damaged. by it. Yeah. Damaged, yeah. Yeah, yeah damaged uh, physically and emotionally um, right. by yeah. what she's been through. And I read a really interesting note that the, the actress that plays her, she lo- one of the reasons she got the role is Spielberg wrote a letter to Peyton Reed after directing her in Ready Player oh. One saying, I hear that she's auditioning for you. You should just go ahead and cast her right now. Wow. She was, I thought she was quite good. Yes. And it, the whole bad guy thing, like, like she's she hates <clears throat> Hank Pym because she's been told bad stories about Understandably, it. Understandably, Hank Pym kind of sucks. Hank Pym, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, to me, like, that feels, like, so overdone, you know, as a, but, but I thought the way in which the rest of the character was developed, it kind of made sense. Mm-hmm. Right, that somebody who was that damaged, right, and weaponized, and yeah, yeah. Right. would yeah. would would fall into that kind of way. I think, yeah, and but I mean, what what um you know she had said about you know her dad and Hank Pym being on the outs, which I like that yeah. the movie pointed out. That's happened with Hank Pym and a lot of people. I was saying, Hank, Hank, yeah. 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 Hank Pym is a huge jerk. Yeah. He's not yeah. like literally. I think Bill Foster is right when he says Janet's the only person that can put up with you. Mm-hmm. But that bothered me. That bothered me a little bit because, like, why would anybody put up with him? Love. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, love. Um, well, man, he, he did, he did him. Um, yeah, maybe because the plot that demands all, that yeah. somebody yeah. Yeah, just love. In, in the first yeah. Ant-Man movie, there was a bond between him and Scott. So, you know, that like that I could see, actually. You know, maybe yeah. Scott didn't see the, the harsher sides of him right. in the first movie. Yeah. I think he did in the second, and he yeah. saw it through other people's eyes. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it's a nice... It's a nice nod to Hank Pym in the comics, right? Without getting into all of the baggage of Hank Pym in the comics. <laughs> there's some, there's some really bad. Hank stuff. Pym in the comics is a colossal mess, but not in ways that you would want in your family friendly. No, movie. if you introduce like the you know spousal batterer, yeah, Hank Pym into the film, that, I think you that, can't really that, do the film anymore. The four nervous breakdowns, the, the drinking of old. Like there's yeah. a lot of problems. Yeah. Like Hank Pym's kind of a mm-hmm. he's yeah. a mess in the comics in a different way. That I think, you know, yeah. the, that, that Hank no. Pym just not being... that the, the film, I think, in the ways that Hank Pym doesn't get along with people generally is, is sort of nodding to, yeah. but obviously not, not doing. Although the idea of a psychological break would be a really interesting hook mm. for a film, too. Yeah. Like thinking about a guy with that kind of power yeah. and, and what it would do. Wow. What there the are ways in which that I could see them going that direction yeah. in, if, if, uh, you know, if there is an Ant-Man 3, because they, they did yeah. kind of... Lay some more of that groundwork in this film. Yeah, uh, that that they could go that direction in the next. It would make for a very different film, but it would be a really mm-hmm. interesting film, I would think. Yeah. So I kind of feel like it sets her up for a redemption arc too, because when she says to, to Lawrence Fishburne's character, mm-hmm. like I've done a lot of bad I've killed things. People. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've killed people. Um, I'm so glad they didn't kill her off. For one yeah, thing, right. um, because I think maybe maybe they will use her again. I would be completely well. I mean, in the post-credit scenes, they mentioned that they're going into the right. quantum realm to get more mm-hmm. quantum I've healing stuff about for that her. Too. So mm-hmm. clearly, she's still around and and potentially in contact with them. So yeah. my dream is that she's the key to defeating Thanos. Ooh, about a lot of people. 
Yeah, but she would be perfect. Yeah, she would. It would be so. It would be such a nice twist. It'd be the most anticlimactic way of doing. It. Like it, here's it, this person, even more so than Hawkeye. Right, well, but that's doing but it, that's right? also the problem with however they defeat Thanos and bring everybody back. Like anticlimax is built into the next Avengers film. Right, is right. my fear. I'm like, you have to somehow undo everything you did this last movie, and it I'm did. not sure how you do it without kind of being. Now the Russo brothers have not failed me yet, so I, I have a good deal of yeah. trust in them. But, but Ghost brings a unique set of powers to the table yes. that might yeah. function well against a guy like Thanos, mm-hmm. you know, or an archer. <laughs> what are you? Yeah. Oh, what if Hawkeye shoots her at him on what they shrink her and they shoot him, shoot her on an arrow into Thanos, and basically she like jumps up and down in Thanos. Well, they can brain. use a bullet. Aren't one of those rings the reality? No, the um, time. No, what's the space one? Yes. So, isn't when the quantum realm fall into part of space? That's yes. actually one of the uh, someone. There was <laughs> I That's saw a good point. there was an article. Well, there obviously there's been lots of speculation about how Ant Man gets out of the quantum realm for Infinity War, and there was one like someone did a screenshot where they're like, "Oh, look, it's Thanos's face." Um, it actually looks more like Dormammu from. Doctor I, that's Strange one of my questions: else. Is it Dormammu or is it? Um, Thanos. It would make more sense to be Dormammu just because... Is it Dormammu? Uh, yes. I'm not really... Mamu, Dormammu. Mamu. Is that Mamu? You say Mamu, I say Mamu. When, when I saw Doctor, <laughs> Doctor Thank you, Strange... <laughs> Thank you so oh, much. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well uh, when, I, when I saw Doctor Strange and, you know, the um, different dimensions that he goes into right. with with um with Dormammu. Mm-hmm. Um that to me that was a throwback to to I actually mentioned in my review to me that was a throwback to Ant-Man. I think Ant-Man yeah. opened the door oh, for yeah, the a lot different of people dimensions. Pointed out that, well, and I think even one of the dimensions he goes through looks very similar to mm-hmm. elements of the like but it's one of the most lo- that's one of the more logical connections is that right. the quantum realm is one of those worlds that Doctor Strange but also accesses. Isn't that why that the post Thanos universe isn't going to be exactly the same? Because I, I was reading online about the lecture that Bill Foster gives mm-hmm. in the film, and the way in which, like, when the quantum system when the quantum system is disrupted, it creates chaos in any number of parallel universes. Right. Oh. And even if order is restored, the system will never be the same. So even when the system, let's say Thanos is essentially a quantum disruption, right? That when the Thanos problem is solved, mm-hmm. we we're not going to reset hard back to the MCU. Pre-Infinity War, right? right? That instead, this is how they'll work through some contract problems. Yes, guys who are moving on, <laughs> and and perhaps bringing in replacements uh, oh. in their place, right? That I in this way, that. I mean, like possibly in, uh, a group of four that's heroes. Funny you should mention them because that fantastic. Yes. From what I've read, the quantum realm is a way to bring such a fantastic well, the, family. Well, I mean, in. obviously, the, yeah. the quantum realm would tie into the negative zone from Fantastic right. Four. But, Can we not say the movie title? But, but you, <laughs> but you not only. I'm trying to be think, too clever. <laughs> I think it's not only Fantastic Four. No, it's Fantastic Four or X Men, and perhaps a new Cap or a new Iron oh, yeah. Man and, or a yeah. new Thor. All these guys are out of contract that are frankly getting too old to keep playing See, my the action theory, here. I mean, I, my problem is I don't him. know that they can recast them that quickly. My theory yeah. is what what if I if the, assuming the deal with with Fox and everything goes through. Yeah. What I think what Marvel should do is that you retire Evans and Downey and and you know any of the, whoever wants to retire at this point. Right. 
and then well, you build, like and then you go away from the Avengers universe and build up Fantastic Four and X Men right. into Phase Four, or whatever it is. But in and then Phase Five, the Phase Four is seeding that there is a new Captain America. We just don't know him or her. Well, yet. or or Phase right. Five is when you bring in. At some point, yes, Phase Four would seed bringing in the new Cap. The, the idea that we when but we would, reset but, Cap didn't totally disappear, right? But a, a different Cap, yeah, pre Cap. But that's what I would do exists. is I would I yeah. would reboot a Fantastic Four and X-Men in the MCU that would be your next batch of, you know, 10, 15, 20 films. Right. Somewhere towards the end of that is maybe when you bring in the new Cap and the new Iron Man or what have you. Like, that would make sense. They've just got this brand new franchise that everyone wants to see them reboot Yeah. at the point where the previous franchise is kind of you know, at the point it needs to be rebooted. So reboot this new thing, and then once you've had that sort of palate cleanser, you bring in it's good another batch of Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think they're going after it now, is because they realize they can't just bring in a new Iron Man two years after Downey retires. See, I still think they can. I, still well, they I don't did. know if they can. They more yeah. or less did it with Spider-Man. <clears throat> well, but they had the Several luxury times. of Spider-Man having been rebooted by Sony already. Well, but, but, but again, my point being, like, they've they've... You know, yeah, they they keep bringing them, and they did. Everybody seems to love Tom Holland. The other issue is that there's not within the MCU. You haven't had an established Spider-Man presence. Yeah, but I still would argue that. So it's very easy to bring a younger Spider-Man in. Yeah, but I'm thinking about the audience. Yeah, the comic book story, but just the audience. Like the audience is primed to accept quick turnovers. I think. Right, like you could. I think you could bring them in. They're as primed with the big, the big. Well, because well, if you don't, the eventually they important. have to die. Like, here's the oh, thing. Yeah. Like, because if you don't, eventually they're all going to die. Because if we're, if we're going to hold the MCU to a different standard than the comic books, mm. and the idea that, like, with a comic book, like, you can, like, there could be a new Thor next week. Right. And people look, they'll piss and moan for a little while, and they'll get over it, and they'll move on. Like, you could swap out the actor and continue the character, and I think that the audience would accept it. And it not because it was a bad thing, like Spider-Man just got horrible and we got yeah. a new actor. Like, the idea that, well, you keep wanting Iron Man, and he's getting a little old. Oh, yeah. So, At 65, he can't be Iron Man anymore. Right. And so, at that point, I think that the audience would be okay. Just CGI his face in, like the Star Wars movies. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's one of the things I, I do like is that uh, I read an article where for the younger version of Lawrence Fishburne. It's his son. It's his son. I'm yeah. like, that oh. is fantastic. Yeah. 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 Like, it's not a de-aged Lawrence Fishburne. It's just, yeah. his, it's just yeah. his son, Langston. I'm like, that is fantastic. So I don't know how we're doing on time. Oh, you're fine. Okay. okay. Uh, we are at 49 minutes. Yeah. And I think, what? like, if, if we're... If we're talking about like resetting parts and different yeah. cast changes, um, I don't think you nec- like for some of the Avengers stories. I think their stories can end, but I don't think they necessarily have to end in death. Um, f- for instance, there's been rumblings that there's time travel in a- in Avengers Four. Mm-hmm. Oh, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. What yeah. if? I mean, we know we know Chris Evans' contract is ending, which breaks my heart because yeah. I love yeah. him as Captain America. But with that said, what if he gets returned? to his time I mean he's always been a man out of time Uh, what if he gets to go back to it that way you have an out for the future if you need to bring back the original Captain America you could do it if you could travel back in time which there's abilities to do that yeah there's a time gem running I know I still think he might die just because of like the way do the noble sacrifice to bring everyone else back that's very Cap but to me Cap going back in time is a beautiful kind of ending Mm-hmm. To the story, like yeah, yeah. he well, gets to, he that, gets to yeah. go back home. Well, and particularly cool. given the fact that they've emphasized him emphasized being the man, yes, I emphasize, emphasize, uh, the man out of time bit. Yeah, but also that I mean, I, I think about um, 
was it in, I think it was in Age of Ultron, where Falcon asks him about, have you found a place in Brooklyn yet? And he's like, I can't afford a place in Brooklyn. Like, mm-hmm. he's been this man out of time, and yet he's also not really been able to find, you know, like the, like the comic book version eventually adjusts and becomes mm-hmm. part of the modern world. Yeah. This Cap never has. Right. And so going back would make a certain amount of sense, and that this mm-hmm. is not a Cap that's ever really found a place for himself. Mm-hmm outside of being Captain America in the modern world. Mm. And so going back would, would actually make a certain amount of, of narrative sense. Mm-hmm. Like a narrative poetry, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm just going to have my throat. No. <laughs> no, we're good. Keep... There's lots we haven't talked about yet. Keep rolling. But I do have yeah. some questions I have, I, I have to ask, but I, I was really taken by the fact that it's Jimmy Woo. I, who sh- I had read that it was going to be him. I was like, that'll yeah. be interesting. Who shows up in the film. Now, Wu has a long, somewhat racist history mm, in the I'm comics. I'm not sure he has so, a long history. He definitely has a racist well, history. Well, he showed up in the 1950s, yeah. right? 1956 or so is his first appearance. He's the Chinese-American FBI mm-hmm. agent who's tracking down the Yellow Claw. Which Who is also the, might have some racial issues. Sort of the, the yellow the most racist claw? character ever yeah. created. The one from yes. Russia, right? <laughs> not from Russia. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. no. Um, it, it, it's bad. The only thing potentially um, more racist than Jimmy Wu in that comic was Yellow Claw. <laughs> was Yellow Claw. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the guy who plays Jimmy Woo, Randall Park, mm-hmm. is actually Asian Jim Helpert, right? Mm-hmm. Which yes. is one of my favorite. Like, of all the pranks that Jim pulls on The Office, yeah. the one where he has an Asian guy come in and take his place at yeah. work. And, and, <laughs> and just to, like... And Pam plays along, as I recall. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, she gives him a kiss, and there's yep. a family photo. Like, it's a... Yeah. Oh, it is a spectacular prank. Yeah. And so, whenever I see him, I always think of him as Asian Jim Helpert, kind yeah. of, because that's who he was. But he's funny mm-hmm. in the role, and... They generally dodge, I think, the worst of them. That was one of my questions I was going to ask the, is what you thought about the depiction of Jimmy Woo. I don't well, think I mean, he's bad. He's not bad. He's, it's a, mostly he's, a just bit, he's a little bit bumbling, but not like in a, in a terribly a offensive Charlie way. Charlie Chan kind of way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I think think that's was, the only thing that I was worried um, about with him was like, you know, to to what extent is his bumbling kind of a little bit. But yeah, overall, be, yeah, I, I, I felt the I, same overall, way. I like, liked him. Like, you know, the the old-fashioned way in which he speaks is mm-hmm. just funny. Like, it just, I, I think like that, yeah. I find it, I, yeah, so I, um, uh, Jimmy Woo could be in a lot of trouble, but he seemed fine. Yeah. And, and I don't even think, I think, I don't even think it was the, it's that it's, he was bumbling so much. Like, yeah. he was just so dead set on, I'm going to get Scott. Yeah. Like, and so that every but chance. But not in like, but not no, no. in like a really obnoxious, like, right. that you made you not like him. Right, no. exactly. Like, he was like, you, I know you're doing this. I, right. I'm That's going to catch you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know idiot. you're like, doing I know. this. But in a way. Like that, he's never actually going to get him. Right, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like and I like the way he played off of Scott. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. hope they bring him if they do an Ant Man. They have. Yeah. I hope they yeah, bring the, him. Yeah. Good yeah. chemistry. Yeah. They have a better chance, I think, of having dinner together than of, you <laughs> exactly. know him actually arresting Scott. So I think well, that's why they made that joke you know, at the end. Scott, actually. It should be Scott. It should be Woo, and mm-hmm. it should be his wife's cop boyfriend that that <laughs> apparently is now a huge or uh, I guess husband. Oh, Bobby Carvalho. Yeah. Yeah. That that you know law enforcement people just love Scott. Yeah. That was the great, like, that first hug, I was like, um, weren't you trying to arrest him at one point? He was, but they got over that. Yeah. <laughs> he arrests a lot of people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, quick question. Walter yeah. Goggins is bad guy. Mm-hmm. Better in this film or better in Tomb Raider? Um, oh, my God. I totally forgot. Um, I think he was better in this film, but I'm, 
I think his character was more of a plot device. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean he was not really. I mean, again, he's as close as we get to a big villain in this movie, right. but he is clearly yeah. just right. just there to be a complication. Yeah, get me here to A, get me here to B, and let's have some car chases yeah. along the way. Right. Which, you know, I didn't really have a problem with that, honestly. No, no the car chases were great. Yeah, well, they were fun with the up and down. And it's not, it's not like he ever says, like, there's nobody here. Right. Or there's people on the island all around him all the time. Right, Tomb Raider. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, I've been on this little island by myself for I'm ten like, years. Like, really? there's, a, there's literally fifty people right outside your I tent. I have digging. no one. And he has a satellite phone; he can call anybody. Right. Yeah. Right. But he's um, totally. The only isolated. thing. He, the only yeah. thing that I'm wondering about is they did mention. He at one point mentioned working for someone. That was my fear. Was and that they there was going to be this I'm weird shadowy person? They never said who, and they never made any. You know, not now the most. Uh, there's there's one very obvious candidate, which would be Egghead. No, Egghead was her father. I thought Egghead died in this film. Well, assuming he died. But Egghead is like the classic Ant-Man. Like, he's Hank Pym's nemesis in the comics. Like yeah, but oh, so that would, be, that would be interesting. So that would be somehow... the only, like, that's the only person that's in the... Like, oh. If he's been facing Eli- in You introduced Elias Starr into this movie, everyone in the comics knows that that's Egghead. Gotcha. It yeah. makes me wonder if that, like, is that going to be the big bad for Ant-Man 3? The good news of that is, I mean, Ghost would matter. In yeah. The film. Right. Can you the other thing is that it's be, important. Like, you were alive yeah. the whole time and yeah. didn't get me, like you know, Ooh, yeah. and trying yeah. to find. It's also stuff. important More because family. of who ultimately defeats mm-hmm. Egghead who? in the comics. Egg Fu? No. <laughs> it was Hawkeye. Oh God. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Again, always assume. You broke Hawkeye. your own rule. Always assume Hawkeye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, do you like the 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 ex-con security business? Uh I think it was. I think it was the fun, fun gag. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, like. I had no. I mean, they were basically serving the exact same role as they did in the previous film. Yeah, and you I know, was fine with that. When when uh, Luis does the like narrative oh, of how the it truth was done, I did like that. Yes. Oh yeah, God. the truth was really funny. It you know obviously they were like we did it last time, so we have to do it again this yeah. time. Yeah, but it still kind of worked. Yeah, I, and, and yeah. They, well, they even called attention to it. They're like, yeah, you just need to let him. <laughs> yeah. Once he gets started, just let him go, or whenever. Get, yeah, yeah, and he, he actually the truth um, serum gag was it, terrific. Yeah. And it was a creative way for him to like deliver exposition because he told us about Scott and Hope's yeah. relationship. Oh yeah, yeah basically filled in all the it blanks. It was so entertaining. Yeah. I think yeah. this is fantastic. Yeah. No, this, and yeah. then Kurt's obsession with the Baba Yaga was <laughs> again was, that was uh, like it, it totally took me back to the Patricia Polacco childhood <laughs> book about uh, Baba Yaga. Because well, the like, like, they were because the other thing too they Bobby were showing. Yaga. They were they showed the Ant Man on like TNT or something this weekend, um, and it was funny because when I saw the Baba Yaga thing, I was like, "Well, that seemed to kind of come out of nowhere." But when he sees Ant Man shrink for the first time in the movie, yeah. he's all like, "Ooh, it's magic and witches and superstition." I was like, yeah. "Oh, so they did kind of lay the groundwork." Oh, yeah. 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 Baba so, Yaga's always been lurking. Yeah, so like like you know, it was one of the things, and um, I thought this movie did a good job in terms of bringing back everything from the first movie. Um, but not in a way that that you know felt forced or anything. And I, and I thought it me, did. A, I it, thought it did a better job than Deadpool two. Of I that. thought it did better. I was than, thinking than the same Guardians thing. Guardians two, which is a film mm. where I really struggled with. I felt like they were like all of these mm. individual things worked in one, so we need to port them into right. two. Well, like and so this know, one felt less yeah. forced. Like you had a, you know yeah. you had you had Bobby Carnavale and and Ant Man's ex wife and they were there and they were there just to do a couple of things like they didn't yeah. give them like a major plot line or anything mm-hmm. to like justify their presence, which I thought which I thought worked. Yeah. So I, I like I didn't feel it didn't feel as shoehorned. I guess not shoehorned, but like in Deadpool, it just felt like they didn't need to me. It felt like they they didn't need to bring those people back because they did nothing with them. 
this film right. didn't really do anything with them either, but didn't kind of set up an expectation, I guess, that they would. Well, but I think, I think they, they almost serve the same role that Wu does in that it's always about it's 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 grounding him in that he's supposed to be at yeah. home because every time they show up, it's usually to come see him for something, right. yeah. and well, that's when Wu family, shows yeah. up, and it's the idea of you yeah. can't break in. Actually, he can. You yeah. need a warrant. No, actually, he doesn't. Yeah. Like yeah. the the going back and forth of he's still technically on house arrest. Like right. that was yeah. the fact that he's lying to his family right. this entire well, time. Well, I think that's part is that's the film. Yeah. I mean, I think what Ant Man and Wasp did well with that was that it made very clear that that was the po- Carnavali was there to make that joke a couple of right. times. Right. I think yeah. with Deadpool 2 you kind of always expected there would be more right. with Teenage Negasonic Warhead, and there never was. It's never. Like, so why is she in the film? Yeah, I, th- I think I think that was the expectation was different. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, in the first Deadpool and in the first Ant-Man, I would argue that their plots are more straightforward, basically. Oh, yeah. And then for both of the sequels, you do add a lot more stuff to it. The plots mm-hmm. grow more complex. But I thought um, Ant-Man and the Wasps did a much better job of um, you know juggling all its plates, honestly. It, pre- it still felt... As much as what's going on, it went in like a logical manner. It mm-hmm. felt very coherent. Right. Like honestly, it made sense to me. Yeah. In, in Deadpool two, it's all over the place. Right. Like I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's all over the place. Yeah. And you have X Force. I didn't buy the relationship between Deadpool and that little boy. Frankly, um, that movie tried to say it was a family yeah. film. I don't quite think it hit all the marks there. Yeah. Um, Ant Man and the Wasp family yeah. film. Well, that I think, worked I think, for me. I yeah. think one of the things is in terms of talking about how Ant Man and the Wasp sort of juggled the plates effectively. You know, going back to kind of that Elmore Leonard quote the point of the film and the plot is to juggle plates. Like, right. it's just all these things colliding right. into each yeah. other. And I think, that you know, that, that Peyton Reed and, and the writers, like, they that, that was their goal, was to basically, yeah, we're just going to have a bunch of storylines where they're going to run into each other. Yeah. And, and it worked, because they weren't trying to do more than that, because that's what the movie was. Yeah. I felt like Peyton Reed was more assured in his direction this time around as compared to the first Ant-Man. Um, as much as I enjoyed the first yeah. Ant-Man movie, you could still tell Edgar Wright's fingerprints were oh, yeah. on that. Yeah, and this was entirely Peyton Reed's yeah. affair. And you could, um, it was like more dynamic. Mm-hmm. It, the, the pace was faster. It just felt to me like he was more confident and assured, yeah, like, hey, this is this is my production here. Well, and I, I think, thought it came you know, out great. He also had the freedom in, in that this was the film that was supposed to be kind of the palate cleanser from Infinity War. Right. So he didn't really have to do anything with that either until the post credit scenes. Go ahead, Alan. Would you like to say something? No, no. <laughs> not at all. I was just yawning. Mm. Not because of you. I think it's finally getting warmer in here. Yeah, it is. It's, it is yeah. it's up to 67.6. Say, it's, so, so like it's, gone, it's, it's jumped 15 degrees in the last <laughs> hour, and it's <laughs> making me feel a little nappy. It yeah. feels like it's jumped 15 degrees you know? in like the last five minutes. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, it, I I it feels like I've got a warm yeah. blanket yeah. around yeah. me now. I love that at 67 degrees, you're talking about how warm it is. It's actually starting to feel a little humid. Yeah. Yeah. Muggy. Yeah, it's a little muggy, a little swampy. Hang on, turn the AC on. So you saw the ending coming then of, you know, everybody getting dusted? Uh, well, no, because what I really, I mean, yes, but what I really wanted was I want every, I wanted everyone, but I wanted everyone oh, wasp spoilers. dusted. No. I was really hoping it was going to be wasp that would be hanging around. Uh, that would have been that would have been nice. Like, that would have been cool. But the yeah. moment like Scott went into the quantum realm, I'm like, oh, well, they're all. See, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know. If, I, I really wanted it to be him who got dusted in the quantum realm, like yeah. as it was shrinking, like you just see it go away. Um, just and, one little ash, right? You know, yeah. something. Yeah. Oh, that was um, funny. But <laughs> that's funny. I think that if Hope had stayed, though, the problem is that Scott gets out. We don't lose Scott. Oh. Because if Hope doesn't get dusted, if she's the only one to survive, mm-hmm. 
and Scott's in the quantum realm, like she can just flip the switch and bring him back. And then they go, yeah. And like oh. that, so like that's. Well, the, no, I wanted Scott to be dusted. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, like, so I, I wanted is Scott. That wanted, by the way, getting dusted. Better Thanos. Yeah, that's basically what I wanted. Was Snapped. I wanted everyone, yeah. including Ant Man, dusted and Jess Wasp. Oh, then yes, I'm all here for that. Because that would have been great to. Because again, kind of thinking of her as an original Avenger, like it would have been nice to have her be the one. Yeah. That goes into Infinity. So I, I was so I, I so I knew the like. I knew the dusting was coming in the post credit scenes. I'm like, clearly they're going to catch up to Infinity War. So, so yeah, I was a little... But other than that, I was fine with it. So, what does this mean for Ant-Man in the next Avengers film? I don't know. Does this mean... Is it, like, in a way to excuse his absence, or is it a way for him to travel back in time? One of the theories is that... You kind of talked... You mentioned earlier about the quantum realm being connected to other things. One of the theories is that the quantum realm is somehow going to connect back to Captain Marvel... Which is the next movie? Because one of the theories people have pointed out, like oh, Captain, so he Mar- gets pulled out at the end of her movie. Well, the thing the is, 80s. a lot of people point out Captain Marvel is set in the '90s. Oh, the '90s. And so a lot of people are like, okay, so the movie's set in the '90s. Where the heck has she been for 20 years? So one theory is that maybe she's in. Or oh, the maybe she realm. gets pulled into the quantum realm at the end of her movie. And so they meet each other in the quantum and so they, realm, yeah, and that's like, how they and, get and then, out. Yeah. And she's able to get out. Well, I mean, <laughs> it depends. What the, it depends. Well, the other th- actually, Wait, I didn't what? think about this. What they did, <laughs> Rich woke up. They what? could do a spin on the because ori- the original Captain Marvel, the male version, mm-hmm. in the original comics, he was bonded with Rick Jones from the Hulk series. Only one of them could be in the Marvel universe at the time. The other was shunted to the negative zone, and they would switch places whenever Captain Marvel smashed his his uh, bracelets Wait. together. So maybe they're going to do something like that with Captain Marvel, where she has the ability to go in and out of. The, quantum, the realm. quantum realm in the way that the original Captain Marvel did, and that's how she's going to be able to go. So in she just stumbles across and him in get Ant, or, or you know, when they realize, steps on well, if I mean, they somehow realize Janet Ant-Man just is stumbled in the across the realm. Yeah. yeah. So I could see if they wanted, could I could, if they wanted to do a play on that, in that she has, among other things, I think they were the Nega bands that he had yeah. that that and, uh, gave I forgot it, the that Nega bands. Yeah. If, if she's able to do like he did, which is smash them together, and come back. Yeah, like, I'm not completely sure that he can't get out of it himself because he did, he it did in, in the, the first, first movie. Oh, yeah. So I mean, right. I could. So, it depends really what they want. What they want yeah. to do? Do they want to draw it out? Or I mean, like I'm assuming if he's in the quantum realm, he and he didn't get dusted. Maybe there's some kind of protective properties there. Apparently, space and time works differently there. That was um, my assumption. Yeah. So I mean, maybe I'm. I'm actually. And and, and again, I the one I like that Marvel is smarter than I am, and they come up with stuff that yeah, I don't come up with. Yeah, they're clearly not going to do anything that I mentioned on my toes. Yeah. So I mean, because I'm thinking he could pull himself out, clearly. you know, reconnect with the Avengers and figure out what to do, and he might be the one to be like, well, I was in this. There's this thing called the Quantum Realm. We might be able to use that, but maybe maybe that's just too simple on my part. No, because what is, they're going to do totally is they're going to shoot an arrow into the quantum oh realm. god no, 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 like, no, i better yet thanos from sensing it scott goes pulls himself oh, out of the quantum realm by it. himself mm-hmm. in the next avengers film and he immediately gets dusted wait, 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 i oh that could that could you imagine that oh, but cool. no i actually no i like like you're gonna oh, love this okay um i know i know i had it i had a theory for the post-credit scenes that sort of came true but didn't come to full fruition and my theory and i believe this hard was that um you know I knew I kind of figured Michael, you know, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer and Evangeline Lilly. I figured some of them, not necessarily all of them would be dusted, but <laughs> right, some of yeah. them were going to be dusted. And then I honestly, I had my heart set on this. Hawkeye was going to appear and say, Scott, we need your help. And that did not happen. But <laughs> no, I was that, so convinced. There were that a lot was. of people. That, and I, there was actually an article oh. that came out like a day or two before the movie came out that talked about that th- talked about Hawkeye being in one of the post credit scenes. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, that obviously can't through. happen because he's on house arrest. Well, maybe Ant Man shows up and, and says, and "Dude, good, what are you doing?" Good right. Avengers apparently don't leave. No, absolutely. Uh, oh, Hawkeye plays. And I mean, that that kitchen's not going to be service itself. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my perfect ending to this film is Hawkeye going into dust. No, that's not <laughs> perfect ending to oh any film. God. Well, no, because oh, clearly, no. Listen, we well, talked about this with Infinity War. It's clear because the the costume that we've seen Jeremy Renner wearing, he's on going set Ronan. Oh, Ronan is is the is the costume that it's based on the one that the Ultimate Universe version wears after his entirely family get, his entire family gets killed. Oh. So oh. my theory is that Hawkeye is at home and sees his entire family get dusted, and that's what gets him back into the game. Wow. That, that he, you know, his family is wiped out, and so that they're going to come. So you're saying as long as his family doesn't get dusted, but half of humanity does, he's not going to do anything Yeah, he about doesn't it. care about, you know. That seems to be your theory. My like theory that, is that, that listen, he's good. He's, he's good. just so devastated by the loss of his family that he doesn't know what's going on. He's literally he just been sitting in his house. Internet well, he didn't know. Don't forget, like when they showed up there, he's out in the woods. It's a safe house. Off the like grid. It's, it's off off in the, the middle grid. of nowhere. Yeah. Well, in the Shield safe houses, they can still watch TV and stuff. I don't think his was a Shield safe house. No, it was a, it was a Fury safe house. The yeah. only people that know about it were, were him and Fury. I'm sure it's hooked up to the grid. <laughs> but yeah, so, so that's that. It's pretty. I mean, I think we're gonna find Hawkeye oh, is gonna yeah. be back in the game oh, because his family. Oh, he's dusted. definitely gonna be back in the game. Yeah. Like he's like he's the only one left, or like it's the kids. Like some of his family has been dusted. Like that's pretty clearly what's gonna happen. So can I ask you a couple questions? Sometimes we do like Patrick answers science questions about superhero <laughs> films. Oh, yes. Okay. By the way, I enjoyed how you you tried to explain some of the science questions earlier when you're talking about like the the Foster theory. I just stole that from somebody. I know, but you were trying, so yeah. I, I yeah, I'm, you props I'm, for that. Okay, so the team is full of really smart people. The Ant-Man team. Hank, his wife, yep. Janet, his daughter, Hope. Like They're really smart, and yet to harvest the quantum energy, they have to send – couldn't they just tie a little rope around the canister and send it into the quantum zone and bring it back? Oh. Why send a person? If it were that easy, they or probably would have done it. Yeah, so but why? Why? Why do you people. need a person? Yeah, why can't you just? He, drone? Uh, Hank travels through the whole quantum realm of relying just on a machine to get him there and back. So you don't need a person a, to go collect quantum, quantum energy. Explorer. Okay, because uh, you put a bucket on the quantum explorer. There you go, and you just <laughs> scoop it up. No, no, you're, you're thinking too. Well, you're thinking too big. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. No, you're thinking logically. too big. Because why aren't they just sending ants into the quantum? Well, see, yeah, that's my thing. Is at that point, just send ants in. Send some ants in. But you don't even need ants. All you need is a bucket. I'm not sure yeah. if a bucket would work. He opens up the canister, and all the stuff just sucks into it. Who's going to open the canister? The drone. They can't build a machine that opens the canister. Mm, canister they can shrink people and grow them. people, and they we can't can open the canister Mars, remotely. Like, like, concerned she looks. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> he's like, just deflecting at this point. <laughs> Specific um, stuff that they were trying to they were harness. Getting, they were getting quantum particles. Just I think is quantum, what they called them. Yeah, energy or whatever. Which yeah, would make me think it's the he, particles of the quantum realm. He's not doing anything except opening the canister. Why but he had to be in anything. the right spot to That's get the canister. But you I'm could put it in the right spot. But you're but, assuming but they have. Do they, uh, do they have? In, we don't see them ever being able to have visuals in the quantum realm back in back in main. So Earth. get visuals. But they put a built a machine that can take it they to the have, vector where the wife is. They should be able to build a machine that takes it to where quantum particles exist. Which I assume is everywhere in the quantum realm. Do they have any ability to communicate with the outside world? Can they map the quantum realm? Because it was going to change anyway. Remember the position. The position was going to change. Yeah, it was every be two hours. Yeah. But they send like, Scott in, they right? They know where to. Later. They know where to send that's him. That's the issue. It's not I like he's think, keeping I'm the right for it. When they go, when someone, when they send something into the quantum realm, they don't have 
any connection back, any communication back to the main Earth. Because false, false. He Do literally it. says, Does "Hey he guys, I'm ready." Oh, he doesn't yeah. say that. I think he just says that because he's fr- he's waiting for. No, no, no they're he on a headset. Are they on a headset? Yeah. Yeah. Have and <laughs> by the <laughs> way, when audio. he's in the Quantum Explorer, yeah. The only way it knows where to go is by sending the, right, the signals back and forth. Are they okay? Yeah. yeah. So, so that automated. Yeah. Right. So they just automated. Well, it is automated because at one point the 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 lab shrinks or something goes wrong while Hank is in, and it loses communication right before okay. whatever those things right. were. We're about to eat them, and then it gets fixed. So there's com- completely okay. two way communication. Yeah. So there is okay. communication. Like okay, there's yeah, there's yeah, really there no reason to send a person down there. This Except point the goes to Alan. This this point goes to Alan. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Winner. All right. <laughs> if you had the power, the choice, mm-hmm. to grow big mm-hmm. or to grow small, what would you choose? Oh, small. Why? Because the growing the big too, puts too much of a strain on the body. That's an established canon in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> okay. No, it's not. Yeah, yes, it is. It is. It is? He, did, he needs to take a nap after he... says after it in he, the movie as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's in the movie as well. Yeah, so. if you grow too big, I mean, because, I mean, Hank's... Okay, what if I, I mean, could what say... They, when Hank well, is trying to convince Scott to take on the Ant-Man role, Scott says, well, why can't you do it? And Hank's like, oh, I did it for too long. It's a terrible strain on my body. I'm like, I'm not sure that's the pitch I'd make <laughs> <laughs> to the guy I'm trying to convince to so, do the same thing. But the point being, if you had no side effects, would you rather be able to grow big or small? Mm, I'd probably still go small. What would you do if you, if you could shrinky-dink? Shrinky dinks were fun. Those were awesome. Uh, we've talked well, about shrinky dinks before question. on the show. We have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, why would you want to be able to get small? Oh, because again, I, the big like this world is not built for big for like giant people. I'd be smashing into things and whatnot. Like small stuff, you can avoid things like they do in the car. I don't think that's a good way to travel. Yeah. Like you're in that little car, but there's a lot of times where big tires just there barely are. miss them. There are. Well, but I would not necessarily be involved in a massive car chase while stuff is falling around me. Yeah, but you said, we, where are you going to drive anywhere? You can't oh, I'm drive not going to drive. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly an ant. Which has got to be, we've talked about this before, the slowest, slowest transportation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I'm, not no, I'm in no rush to get anywhere. It'll be like the uh, Teen Titans Go ep- episode, the Operation Big World. Uh, yeah, yeah. So does everybody agree? So everybody would go small instead of big? No, I would go big because I would be, it's more out of fear. I'd be afraid if I was too small, I'd get eaten or stuck in a spider's web exactly. and die a terrible yeah, death. Yeah, that a bird's going to come by and gobble. Oh, I right. like the or seagulls. a seagull, yeah. maybe, yeah. yeah. The seagull scene was, was, yeah. was nice. Um, I don't know, like, if you could control the hive, like, because I always feel like, because I was reading somewhere that said that when he gets stuck in that in-between point where he's a yeah. little kid, like, that wasn't intentional. Yeah. And right. so, like, it's either you're small enough to be an ant, you're giant man. Oh, yeah, I assumed when get small meant, like, getting my... And so, like, if yeah. I could control what small was, yeah. I'd probably go small. Like, I'd say large enough that a seagull's not going to eat me. Right. But, like, I could just go unnoticed for a while and have fun and just be yeah. small. So just as a way to... to like, right, yeah, listen, just sort of blend in. I'm yeah. already kind of small, so I don't really which feel is, like which, getting <laughs> tiny is going to make me, you know... It's, it's like That's oh, why I thought you'd choose big. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I really I'm, thought you'd go I'm big. Sure, I wouldn't be, mind being bigger. It would be a way to, like... Dude, get yourself an NBA contract. I could live in my Legos. As a small person. Okay. Oh my God, you would definitely. Wow, be a you would. And like, there would just be a lot, he he would completely demolish his house and just put I'm a just Lego gonna, house gonna, on the ground. Well, no, I would still need my house to house my Legos that I live in. I would, just, I, would, listen, I would live in Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum. Today I'm going to live. I'm going to bed in the Death Star. Exactly. Which what would you do? Depending on what physics it details to, if you were that small, you might not be able to do the Legos because you might just break them. 
because no, no, I don't you built them. Would you still have the mass? Well, no, 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 because yeah, the all mass. Your mass is focused on one point now. Oh, and when they, which is why he can punch so hard. Right. Know, so no, you would you would destroy your own Legos. What? A, that is the saddest film ever made. <laughs> <laughs> he spends his entire life building it's shrink like technology because he, he wants to live wow. in his Legos. Gets he in. shrinks himself down. Yeah. He steps in it, just crumbles beneath <laughs> him, and he dies under an avalanche. Ant Man Three. Things get tragic. Uh, all right, final question. Okay. Um, if you were going to date mm. a leading man oh. in the Marvel Universe, <laughs> who would it be and why? Wow. <laughs> it's for everybody, by the way. Okay. No, it's just for Patrick. If you're going to date a leading man in the Marvel when you Universe. you say leading man, am I dating the actor or the character? Uh, no, I, I think you're dating the character. character. Yeah, like you're dating Captain. Thor or Cap really, or Tony. Oh, He's so far removed from everything. Or Haw Hawkeye yeah, would be an option. Well, but it's the movie version, and the movie version is not as good as the comic book version of Hawkeye. So I That's don't the meanest that. thing I've ever heard you say about Hawkeye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's not perfect. <laughs> and his tunic. Um. So who are you dating? I'm talking like dating to marry, like somebody you're seriously interested in. Yeah. Silence is not good for a podcast. But yeah. So I need. To, okay. So so clearly I want this to be a long. So I need someone. So that rules out Tony because he doesn't. He has commitment. Yeah, issues. Tony's probably the worst option. Okay. So Tony for his commitment issues is to the side. Yeah. I mean, Ant Man's divorced, so that's not good. So we should probably throw him. Yeah. So you, so you would not I'm date anybody Tony. who had a divorce in their record? Yeah. Why would you go to like Tony? that? I'm going that's Tony. a. That's a. I'm just thinking. I mean, you know, closes uh, the deal. Can I go for Black you? Panther? Well, of course. Yeah, I go Black Panther. Go Black Black Panther. Why would you go Black Panther? Because <laughs> uh, he's king of a country, and that's pretty awesome. Like, I'd get to live in Wakanda. See, this, this is, is why I would go with Tony. So for just the lifestyle. Yeah. Based yeah. on riches alone. Yeah, like, I'm going with yeah. Tony. Because the thing is, he's never going to be around anyway. That's true. Like, I, 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 I literally, and the thing is, yeah, like, but he might also kill you with the thing is, like, box. Black Panther, I think, would be a good enough spouse to be around. Yeah. Tony? I get I get yeah, Tony's mansion. Yeah, it's a, that's... I got yeah. told, I got all that tech. I'm not worried about it. But yeah. not so, using the tech. Not Thor. No. Too arrogant. I'm not. Yeah. And then get Doctor a new place to live. Yeah. Um, that's a dusty old house. Yeah. See, Doctor Strange is kind of person. I think you get sick of after a while, like talking to him. Oh my! I, I like, think you, you get sick space. after oh, two I minutes. I never get tired of talking to Benedict Cumberbatch. No, but it's Doctor. <laughs> but it's Doctor <laughs> Strange. Cumberbatch. It's Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yeah, that's. He thing. looks like Benedict Cumberbatch. Strange <laughs> is a little. Strange is on the arrogant side, yes. and you would always mm. think he was right, so that could be problematic yeah, for a relationship. Hang out with a while, cool, but then you got to go home. Yeah. You know, you got to leave and come back later. When yeah. you say leading man, is that excluding Groot and or Rocket? Oh. No, I'd be okay. You could choose okay. from Groot or Rocket as well. Okay. Would, would no you? Drax, <laughs> or Drax. It, it, see, to me, or I think, Star -Lord. It, I think yeah. it comes down to either Star-Lord or Scott Lang is mm. the guy that I would choose because they don't have the arrogance. They're a little more, like, grounded. And I think I'd choose Scott Lang because yeah, Star-Lord's a little, like, flaky. Like, yeah. overly flaky. Especially yeah. in the latest one. I think you know, Scott Lang might be the guy, actually. Yeah, I'm going, oh. I'm still going Tony Stark. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm never still, around. I'm going to stick then. with uh, T'Challa. But I'm, only because you want his stuff. Like, that's... Yeah. Yeah, it's what not does that say about Tony Shep. Stark? What does that say about who you are? Yeah. I never I'm, said it was a good person. 
<laughs> I, I'm going with Captain America yeah, on this Cap. one. Um, Cap, yeah, also no, not a terrible choice. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Cap, I, know, I think Cap's a great choice. Like, yeah, yeah. no, because I mean, he um, he has integrity. True. He has character. Um, when honestly, whenever I take all those quizzes, like you know, like which Avenger are you, yeah. or which Avenger is your soulmate, which I might have taken recently, um, <laughs> it always comes out to be Captain America. And just when I honestly, when I look at all the Avengers and who I'm most similar to. I feel like I have a similar personality to Captain America. You know, we try to do what we think is right. Um, well, you know, we try to, to not hurt other Black people. So you, <laughs> no, but, but see, this, this is my point. You're choosing on sort of the personal qualities yes. and compatibility. Mm-hmm. The rest of you are choosing whoa, just to get stuff. You said because you would be a Married to a king and have access to an entire no, kingdom. And you want to play listen, with Tony Stark? Listen, stuff. Black Panther yes. is basically <laughs> Black Captain America. He's got all of the integrity. Wow. 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 First of all, that Sam Wilson is Black Captain America. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. It's so, so, yeah, yeah, a little so, bell when you're doing, you know, too. And, 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 I and, think going, about it. I'm going with Black Panther. You know, and he feels a little bell hooksy on your No. No, a little like, spice to your life? No, he's not adding spice to my life. He seems like he would be a very committed partner. That's not at all what you said. It is you what said I it would said. be cool to be the queen of Wakanda. By the way, can we make that your new nickname? <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that was the entire setup of this entire <laughs> question. Way, it's the queen of Wakanda. <laughs> Can't I be like the prince regent? It's <laughs> not usually how marrying the oh, king what, works. Oh, the, the queen consort or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That, that, is, that is a legit title. Can I be the king? I'll be the king's consort. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name you want. I'm just, just, king's I'm just consort. a side hustle. 